So what we need to bring to the table in love is to see, listen, empathy, compassion, change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do you see me? Do you see me? Mm You're listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington. This is the space that you come to each and every week to learn more about what it means to chase purpose, not money. Now, this is not your normal personal finance show. Mm-mm-mm. Here's what you just stepped into. We are a community of purpose chasers from all over the world. And what we believe is that wealth is not just about money and material possessions. And we believe that because we know the original 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's about the condition of well-being and happiness. And that means in order to truly build wealth in the way that you desire, you're going to have to do some work to be well in all the other parts of your life. And I'm here to help you clear the clutter in those first five pillars so that you can truly enjoy the wealth that you say you desire and deserve. So if you don't know which pillar you need to begin with, I want to invite you to go to patricewashington.com, take the quick two-minute quiz, and it'll share more with you about the six pillars of wealth and which pillar you may need to start with in this season of your life. But today, we're talking about the people pillar, and the people pillar is about creating relationships that matter. And I know you guys are like, is Patrice just turning into, you know, a dating junkie? A relationship in love junkie. Listen, relationships have always mattered. And in this season, I'm always thinking about how do I share with you what I'm learning, what I'm processing for myself, how I am growing, because I do understand that who I end up in relationship with romantically, it's going to impact my finances. Ladies, y'all already know, right? It will end up impacting my finances. And this time I want to make sure that I do it right. So we're all going to do it right together. So I can't wait to introduce you to our guests, but first here is the affirmation of the week. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You gotta affirm positivity. You gotta affirm abundance. You gotta affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is I lead a people driven life. I acknowledge that success comes from not just understanding my purpose here on earth, but being able to share it freely with others. Every person in my life has been placed here for a purpose. Not one person is here by accident or happenstance. I value relationships, good or bad, and I've learned something from each one of them. Because my net worth is determined by my network, I monitor my relationships with precision. Time with those that drain me is minimized immediately, but those that add energy receive my undivided attention when we're in each other's presence. So declare with me today, I lead a people-driven life. Okay, so let me introduce you to today's guest. Because when I 
heard this woman open her mouth at the Essence Wellness House earlier this year, I just was blown away and I wanted her to be here so that you could experience some of this goodness. And then I saw a few clips of her on social media and I said, oh, she like controversy. This is my kind of girl. <laughs> so here is Love McPherson. She is a passionate author, captivating speaker, and engaging media personality on a mission to impact generations and heal relationships by teaching individuals how to love better. In a world where failing marriages and toxic relationships have become the societal norm, relationship expert Love McPherson is the voice of hope, speaking to both national and international audiences through her company, Love Infinity, Inc. She brings over two decades of experience as a mental health professional. And get this, she's been married to her man for 40 years. Okay, so... I think we have a lot to learn here today. Without further ado, here is Love McPherson. Oh, hug, hug, hug. <laughs> but don't touch that mic. <laughs> it's, oh, it's so exciting to be here on this podcast. And I love what you're doing. I love the fact that you are tying in the money with the love because they go coincide. Because you know what? Even the Bible says where your treasure is. You know, your heart going to be also. Mm-hmm. So we got to know that this thing is interrelated. It's interrelated. Now, first of all, you bring me so much joy. Just your energy. <laughs> you know, you. we've only met once yeah. in person. And when you came in and I saw you, did I not run to you? You did. And I <laughs> ran to you. I was just attracted. I just think that we were supposed to, this is just something we were supposed to do, a yeah. divine appointment. I do. I'm so grateful for Tiffany, your daughter, for making sure that we we connected and, and kept this going. So I just, I want to call you Mama Love. I want to do. Can I call you Mama Love? I love when people I've call me Mama Love. I've been holding it in, but I really wanted to say it when I first saw you. I think that's why I ran to you like that. Like, Mama Love. Okay. So Here's why I'm so excited about what you talk about. And I, you know, I tease about the controversy, but I love the conversation that you are curating online because it's what we want to say. Yes. But we're too afraid to say, especially as women of faith who don't want to acknowledge that Mm -hmm. we have these thoughts, that we have these fears, insecurities, questions, because for so long it's been so taboo to act like anything other than a good Holy, quiet, yeah. you know, woman. Th- and that's just so religious. And and I try to stay away from a lot of re- religiosity mm-hmm. type of, you know, conversation because it doesn't benefit people. People want to know what the real deal is. Tell it like it is. You know, just leave out all of the extra stuff and just, you know, make sure that you have a really uh, a conversation that's relevant and that's that they, they can relate to and walk away with something, some substance. And that's what I like to do. Relevant and real. Just yeah. get to it, keep right? It real. Let's keep it real. So, oh my goodness. Before we even began, I realized that a lot of women in my community, um, in particular, I just had a retreat recently. And so, you know, we do our wellness, our joy, our boundaries. We do all of that. And then we had a little scaling joy after dark. And, baby, we got in that pool and that jacuzzi. And then the real questions (laughs) about dating and relationships start coming out. And I realized how many of us are afraid to have these conversations and get radically honest 
about what we want in partnership, yeah. um, what we desire sexually, yes. like all of these things, because we're afraid that it's going to, you know, turn off a potential partner. Yeah. Um, that we won't be seen as like these upstanding citizens anymore yeah. and all this stuff. Or the good girl. Or the good girl, the good girl narrative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we hold back. And I'm also seeing where there's a lot of women who are afraid to fully walk in their purpose because they're afraid that it will outshine their partner. Yes, that is so true. I think that you're talking about two different subjects, but both are so essential. One is that do we have to shrink in order to be accepted? The second one is can we be free sexually to talk about our desires and still be considered good and not a whole or, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff like that. We're not out thotting and bopping, but we have certain things that we desire, right? Yeah. And so what I'm saying to you is this. What we have to first come to the conclusion of is we are not in our mother's generation. We are not in our grandmother's generation. There's more information. There's more knowledge. And we, we cannot put that knowledge back into the toothpaste tube. We need to operate in what we know and begin to have relationships surrounding around what we know. And our needs are more expressed, whether there are uh, our emotional needs, our sexual needs, our financial needs, now that we are more aware and able to get them and demand them or request them mm -hmm. and offer them all of the above, now that we're in that space, let's find our new normals in relationship, how to operate it in a non-toxic way, in a healthy way with someone who can have shared values. Oh, that's so good. It is the new normal. One thing that really gets my goat, as they say, is when when men in particular in my comments come and they go, oh, these new age women. And I'm like, we're living in a new age. Yes. You want me to behave like a woman did 50 years ago? Yeah. I have different rights. <laughs> like, yes. I have different access. It's just a different world and I find, and this is the conversation we had in the jacuzzi the other day, we're running into men that have expectations that are antiquated. Yeah. You know, one of the things that happens is there's, you know, I talk about in my new book about how we attract. One of the ways that we attract is familiarity. And the reason, and we do that on an unconscious level because we know what skills we have to match. Uh, we learn our skills by what happens in our homes, how people uh, had relationship with us, how they had relationship with each other. And we look, we watch, and we learn. And when we go out, we have packages. Now, let me tell you, when it's toxic in your home, a lot of times you have a high level of skills to put up with a serial cheater or a high mm -hmm. level of skills to put up with domestic violence or high levels of skills to put up with abuse. And that's not a good, but a lot of times you'll see yourself attracted because unconsciously you know how to work with that where somebody mm -hmm. else will not. So you have to understand what is familiar to you and decide on a conscious level whether you are going to go with the familiar or learn the unfamiliar. Because if you're used to toxic, toxicity and that's all you have mastered the skills for, the fight and flight, the 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 knowing how to maneuver it, if that's what your skills are for, you've got to learn how to relate to people who come and love you, for real, for real, who are sincere, or do you push them and self-sabotage, push them away. 
the whether that's a woman or a man is you you hear that when we say when you you're, you just said the men say oh these new age women why because they don't have the skills for these women they're that we're not their mother we're not the one my grandmother used to cook and she used to do your grandmother didn't work your grandmother didn't have an income your grandfather was a serial cheater, but she put up with that because the radius of her connections was 30 miles, the people at the church and the people at the school and the people in the community. She didn't see that there was an entire world in front of her sometimes. I'm not saying that for everybody, yeah. but all too often we get caught up in what we are familiar with, the type of love, that good nurturing grandmother love, and we want it from a woman. Nothing wrong with that. However, you got to know this time, right now, there is mutual needs. And everybody's got to come to the table understanding the mutual needs. Emotional, spiritual, yes. uh, financial, we all have to take those things into consideration and not just walk in with me, 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 my, 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 this is the way it is. Yeah, so good. I literally shared something like this uh, recently on Instagram and one of the things that I said was women are awakening to the options that they have. And so we don't just want men who can provide a paycheck. Yes. So you pay the mortgage. But now I have to walk on eggshells because you want to be mad all the time. And I'm not saying this was my experience. I'm just saying because sure. everything I say, people are like, ooh, he was doing. Listen, you guys, <laughs> I talk to women every day, right. all day. But just collectively, this idea that, you know, many of us grew up with the generations before. Well, I bring home the bacon yeah. and then you need to do whatever. And I'm just saying women are now saying I want to feel emotionally safe. Yeah. I, I want to feel respected. I want to feel heard. I want to feel seen. It's not just you pay the bill, so I need to go along to get along. That's yeah. not enough. You know, and, and I, I believe strongly that men want the same thing. They want to feel respected, yeah. too. They want to feel emotionally, you know, connected and, 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 and seen. And this is the thing. They experienced it maybe from a female caregiver, who made them feel some kind of emotional way, and they are stuck in the thought that that's the only way to receive it, a mothering type of, 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 of energy. And what, what needs to happen is we do need to see what does it feel like being a man out there and typecast not only out in the streets where people are clutching their pur pur purses when you walk past mm -hmm. or on your job when you're not promoted, and watching the black women maybe even be promoted before you, what is it like in their shoes? So when you walk into the house, you do want respect, but also not at the cost of me getting my respect as well. That's why I said we both have to see each other. Yeah. We both have to have compassion for each other. We both have to honor, acknowledge, respect, and, and, and work towards caring for each other's Issues that happen on the outside of the home, not blame each other. I see an undercurrent of war between the sexes yeah. in the black community right now. And it's, it's, it's not a, a, a overt, but it's, it's, it's very mm -hmm. covert. And it's an underlying currency that we need to tap into. Because, see, let me tell you something. While we are having this inside fighting amongst ourselves, the world is taking over. Because, see, to, to, to 
uh, together we stand, divided we fall. So while we are focused on what do you bring today? What do you bring today? What about your needs? What while we're doing that, it's stuff happening all around us yeah. that we need to be coming together, working towards, and literally saving our rights, saving our mental health, saving our children. Is so many more things that we need to be focused in on. Our saving our wealth. You mm-hmm. understand? And so with with I, you know I I, I I when I when you say that the women do require something different that we have not been conditioned to offer we haven't you know why when you're a child and you when you're a little girl they hand you a dowel and then guess what you are supposed to do care for the dowel Oh, your baby is hungry. Your baby needs changing. No, you need changing. You're hungry. But you see, immediately you're conditioned to look outward. Take care of somebody else. While the boy is conditioned to be powerful, bring trucks, uh, strong men. So when he shows up in that and you said, no, that's not what I need. Well, what do I do do now? You understand? Mm -hmm. And when you decide, I'm going to put the baby down. And I'm going to do some other stuff. Why? Where's the baby? Where the baby doll? You understand? Why are you mm-hmm. not? Take, so we've been conditioned since childhood to do a certain thing and show up and taught that this is how you are respected. This is how you are received. And when that doesn't work anymore, which it does not, when it doesn't work anymore, we are left with not having the skills to operate in a relationship where we feel that we are rem- admired, respected looked at, mm-hmm. seen, cared for, or prese- possess value. Mm, that's so true. This week's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Now, if you've been following the Redefining Wealth podcast, then I know you've heard me say this before. You are only going to grow to the extent you are willing to heal. Well, my healing really didn't come until I decided to go to therapy and start asking for help. Therapy has given me the tools that I needed to find more harmony in life so that I could, yes, keep supporting other people, but not by leaving myself out. It's allowed me to deal with a lot of my childhood trauma, transition through these different seasons of life with just ease and grace and a bit more peace, and even connect with my family and friends on a much deeper and more personal level. If you've ever considered starting therapy, and I hope that you have, I want to encourage you to give BetterHelp a try. Find more balance with BetterHelp. You can visit betterhelp.com slash RW to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash R-W. You know, I get interviewed a lot. And and so most recently people interviewed me about relationships and what I desire and all these things. And it never fails where, you know, there's men who say, well, we want that too. And I'm like, well, that's a given. I can only speak. They asked me, so I answer. But <laughs> in my mind, of course, that's something that I would reciprocate with my partner. That is what I reciprocate Absolutely. in relationships. I'm not asking for anything that I'm not willing to give. Absolutely. But I have heard from men how selfish we can be as women. I've I've heard from men, and I'm like, is this game right? But it's not from men who even have a romantic interest in me, just as I've made more friends with men. They're like, tell me these stories about how objectified they feel by women 
Like, mm. as soon as they talk to a woman, how they feel sized up. Mm. Like, if he can't do this or, mm, 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 I don't even want to be nice. I'm like, and I'm like, no. But I've heard it over and over it's, it's again. The truth. It really is the truth. And I think that it's um, damaging to the self-esteem. It's damaging to the ego. Uh, it's damaging to who men are at their core. You understand? But this is the thing. It's really about love because love gives. And what we have decided is that we want to see how much love can take. And when we start going into love taking and how much you can give me instead of how much I can give. Because, see, giving is not just money. Giving is giving what you just said so wonderfully, which was listen with compassion like men are saying, hey, I feel sized up, objectified. Well, guess what? We know how that feels. Mm-hmm. It's been happening to us since the beginning of time. You're just getting that. Now you are seeing what it feels like to, to, to feel like a piece of an object rather than a person. Mm-hmm. I, you see me as a thing rather than me. And so as you're getting to know that, it's, you become angry with the people that are doing it. Well, guess what? That's why you run into an angry woman who has had that done to her. And she's wondering, is, am I going to be an object today or do you see me? So it's what we need to bring to the table in love is to see, listen, empathy, compassion, change. Yeah, do you see me? Do you see me? That's so good. That It gave me chills as soon as you said it. But see, guess what? You know and I know trauma distorts how we see. So if we're looking through the, the glasses of trauma, guess what? We won't see that person. First of all, they will come into as the enemy, so you're suspicious. Anything that they say, it has to filter through your own interpretation that trauma will distort. And so once they are talking, whether it's a male talking or a female talking, we hear what we want to hear. We don't necessarily hear what they're saying. We hear what we want to hear or we hear what we have the ability to hear Mm. because trauma will distort it once again. So when you say, do you see me? Can you be whole? Can you work on your health? Can you work on your inner health so that you can see me? Your mental health, can you work on it? so that you can see clearly that my heart is, is for you, that I'm not here to harm you. I'm not here to even run game on you. I understand somebody else ran game on you. I understand somebody else objectified you. But I want to see you and hear you. Can you believe that? But let me tell you something. Sometimes it doesn't just go as deep as the last relationship. Mm. It goes all the way to childhood. And when it goes all the way to the childhood where you were not seen, you were the parentified child who was parenting a parent or, or parenting a, a dad or taking care of siblings where I'm not seen. I am just here to give service to everybody else. Once you're in that spot, you forget about you, but you feel it. Mm-hmm. So when somebody else comes in and does that to you, you feel it. You don't know how to voice it. But really, they are only doing what you do all the time to your own self. Mm. Mm. I know I grew up very quiet. Mm. And not because I'm quiet. Because at school, I would get in trouble for talks too much. I'm sure that does not surprise you at all. (laughs) Right? But at home, my grandmother liked it to be quiet. 
So there, and she was also very stern. So there's no even appearance of talking back. I remember getting slapped in my face so hard because she thought I mumbled and I don't think I actually mumbled. I might, I might've cleared my throat and it sounded like a mumble. And, you know, I used to do things like, you know, play with the dolls, had all the Barbies or color or write or read, but anything that was quiet. Cause I couldn't go outside. I didn't live in a good neighborhood. And that being quiet, even when something was not right, even when I felt like things weren't right, I see how that carried over throughout my life, mm. where even though I've always been a person with a strong voice, naturally, I didn't have the strength to always use my voice. Mm. So in relationships, I would know something was not right, and I would be quiet. And, But at the same time, your inner voice was talking. It was. And so you have to live with your inner voice talking while your mouth is silent and mute because somebody said, we don't want to hear what's on the inside of you. Did you ever stop listening to what was on the inside of you? I think there was a period when I did. Um, I think it became not easier because it was never easy to be in a space where I knew I was betraying myself. So mm. I don't think it was easy. I think I learned to romanticize and spiritualize it. Mm. I learned to romanticize. It's not at that bad. Uh, as long as I keep praying, stay in my prayer closet, stay on my knees. As long as I'm fasting, I'm going to church, I'm tithing, I'm doing all the things. Surely mm -hmm. things will turn around without me having to open my mouth and quote unquote nag. Mm. because when I tried that, I felt silenced. When it comes to redefining wealth, it's important to create relationships that matter. The best relationship to start with is the one that you have with your money. Our partner this week is Chime, and Chime is on a mission to make financial peace of mind a reality for everyone. They're doing this by changing the way people feel about banking, and their business is built on the principle of protecting their members. When you sign up for Chime and link a qualifying direct deposit, you'll get access to benefits like getting paid up to two days early and fee-free overdraft up to $200. Plus with Chime, there are no monthly fees, no minimum balance, and no deposit required to become a member. What does your relationship with money look like? Make managing money easy with Chime and sign up for a Chime checking account today to link your paycheck. It only takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash RW. That's Chime.com slash RW. Special thanks to Chime for supporting the show. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank, North America, or Stride Bank, North America, member of the FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. See Chime.com slash spot me. Let me ask you something. As far as your grandmother is concerned, mm -hmm. what made her need to silence? Because there's something in her background that created her need for the silence. What made my grandmother need silence? Mm -hmm. I think that she grew up being told to be quiet. I really do. I didn't really get to know my great-grandmother until I was 
high school-ish. She came from Belize. And I saw her interactions with my grandmother for the first time really close up. When I used to go back and forth to Belize, I knew she was a mess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, you know, people just laughed about it and talked Mm -hmm. about it roundabout. But it wasn't until I saw their interactions and I was about maybe 15, 16, I was like, hmm, this is a little unhealthy. And I think I recall my great-grandmother even saying to my grandmother to shut up. Mm. And she would use that type of language all the time. And probably by the time I went to college, I had a different level of compassion for my grandmother because I started to think about, man, like if your mom speaks to you, like my mom is – Hard to go. My mom has never talked to me out the side of her neck or anything like that. But watching their dynamic, I have more compassion for my grandmother. I think that was an example to me of hurt people hurt people. Mm. And I think she was used to being silenced. And then either she would... I think she would silence anyone that she could, like, to have the control. Like, there was maybe a control thing there. Like, you're not going to talk to them like that, but because you can do it with me, you do it with me. Wow. You know, one of the things that we have to see is, and I ask you that question, um, what made her, because a lot of times this is passed down through generations, Mm -hmm. as you know, and we don't know why, but we have to stop and pay attention to why that happened. Now, let me tell you something. Your grandmother probably had a lot to say. She she probably had a voice and and, and and some wisdom. Oh, she used to throw it around now. She threw her voice around. <laughs> but she used it a lot to silence people that could be silenced. And it sounds like your great-grandmother did the same thing. Absolutely. Now, so when people got to a place of independence, they began to use their voice as just like you. And now that your voice can carry through airwaves and through millions of people, Mm -hmm. you also, once again, use your voice. Now, here's the thing. Make sure that as you use your voice, you don't apologize for talking about relationships. You see, that can be something that Mm. subconsciously, you wonder if the the audience will accept what you have to say. And and, and I only brought that up. That's so good. I brought that up because we will do those things in relationships and not even understand why we're doing it. But if you have something to say about relationships, you need to say it if it's every week, if it's for the next two years, if that's what's your voice and that's what's in your spirit and that's the season of your life, speak and do not apologize for the voice and the words that come out of your mouth. I receive it. I didn't even make that connection. I receive it. I'm very clear in this season in relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, with men in particular, that I will not, like, hide my voice, that I will speak up, Mm -hmm. um, always in love and with respect and honor. But I'm going to say how I feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dismissing how I feel is not an option. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even make the connection of how we started the episode. I know you guys are talking. Yeah, I didn't. But thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for that, bringing it to my awareness. And I I said that I think it was a good example for this particular podcast episode because this is just how easy it is for us to have practice behaviors and it's so unconscious in relationships. Now, you were doing it to your beloved audience who loves you. Yes. And you just and wanted to them. honor them, right? Mm-hmm. And so... 
but but the, the but they tune in to whatever you say. They are hanging on your every word. And so we never have to apologize to people who want to hear what we have to say, who value mm. hearing what we have to say. And as we continue to be very conscious of why they want to hear us and what we have to offer, we'll never apologize. And and even when things go viral, even like you know stuff, I say I don't apologize because I know I have things in me that I will not even release until it's the season to release it because I don't think people can accept it. But when I do, I meant that thing. It, whatever it takes, <laughs> you understand? Whatever it takes, yeah. it, 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 it is what it is, and I'm not going to hold back. And right now, I'm my voice is saying, black women, black men. We need to come together. We need to get it together because we are fighting. And while we are fighting, we're going to look around as we get up off this battle and we're going to look around and we're going to see everything taken from us. Mm -hmm. We are going to see ourselves in a position where we were never before or we were, but we're back again. We've got to come together and fight for ourselves, for our families, for our finances, for our mm-hmm. jobs, for our careers. We've got to fight this thing together. we got to fight for love. We've got to fight for marriage. We've got to fight for relationships. We're fighting for the wrong thing. There is a fight, but we're fighting for the wrong things. We've got to come together. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so you've had a lot of viral moments, actually, <laughs> where you are not afraid to you know, give voice to truth and what what you believe and your convictions. There's a quote, um, something you said recently, stop expecting honesty from people who lie to themselves. People cannot give you what they will not give to themselves. Uh, You know, I don't understand how we walk all the way up an aisle in our beautiful white dresses and expect to get people and, and expect to have vows, lifetime vows from liars. People who are not honest with themselves, people who are not honest with you, you know they're they're liars. You know that they don't even know how to tell the truth to themselves or to you. And we will stand there and look them in the face and they will look us in the face and vow a lifetime of love. And they don't even have the skills to love us. And they've proven it by the time we get up that aisle. We need to stop and say, you know what? We need some more skills because, see, love is love is not our issue. You, I've said this a thousand times. Love is not our issue. It's relationship. Mm. It's liking people. In 40 years, I, 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 could, I have always loved my husband because that's a choice. I committed to my husband. That's been a choice. Have I always liked Anthony McPherson? Absolutely not. I have not always liked him every day, and he is an amazing guy. He is a good father, a good husband. I mean, he really takes good care of me, but he probably doesn't like me either. I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> and so, but but we love each other, and then we grow back in like for each other. Because what don't we like? I don't like how you said that. I don't like how you treated me that day. I don't like what you forgot to do. I don't for- like how you dismissed your behavior or minimized it. So, And he will feel the same thing about, I don't like how you talk to, uh, to me. I don't like what how you didn't listen, you know, so we don't like each other at times. And then we come together and we listen, show compassion so that we can grow back in like Mm. for each other. But the love never stopped. But see, people will love you all the way to divorce court. Why? Because they don't know how to relate to you. 
If they don't, relationship is relating. If they don't know how to relate to you, then they don't want want uh, stay with you because if your traumas, if the way that you've uh, been conditioned to do things, the way that you speak, it may be normalized for you, but it may be foreign for them, and they just don't know how to do it. Even the good stuff, like I mentioned before, you're loving them, you're faithful, you're 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 dedicated, but they're expecting somebody's going to leave them because they've never silenced their inner voice that says that they are not enough, that they that their abandonment that says they're going to leave you one day. They've not silenced it. So when you come and you're faithful to them, whether you're male or female, mm-hmm. they can push back, run, hide, um, limit test you to try to push that mm-hmm. out of you. All of those different things. Why? It's it's uncomfortable. Like, and so then petty things like, I didn't like his shoes. I don't think there was chemistry. No, there wasn't familiarity. That's what there wasn't. Mm, that was, was not about uh, chemistry. That was familiarity. Mm. You weren't. You were not familiar with a healthy relationship. You don't have the skills for a healthy relationship, and therefore you're running from it. What you have to do is acquire those skills to learn how to communicate effectively, resolve conflict. So do you require, do you refine those skills individually, like on your own, or is that something that people do while they're dating? I love that. You know, now I'm going to mention my book again. I just came out with the five stages of dating. And one of the things that are part of the five stages of dating, so there is the the attraction stage. That's just basically before you get on that first date and at that first date. So after the first date, um, we you decide like either I don't want to see you ever again in my life, or I I we're not exclusive, but I don't mind. I would like to see you again. So now you're dating uh, non exclusively. That's stage two. Mm-hmm. Stage three is we're dating exclusively. The stage four is we're engaged. Stage five is we're married. Because you keep dating once you get married. Now, what happens is this. In in my book, I have a workbook um, that also gives all of the ways to tailor a personal love manual for your mate. There are some general things that you should know about communication. You know, how to speak with respect. And, you know, you should know, you should understand some basic things. There are some basic things for conflict. But then there are some things that you need to know about your mate specifically Mm -hmm. that you will say, you know what? I want to make sure that because Patrice was once conditioned to silence, that when I do want to know certain things about her, that I might give her a little extra time just in case she defaults back to that for a second. I know that usually if she says, I'm okay, nothing just sitting there listening, maybe she did have something she wanted to say. Mm. And maybe I left too soon. Maybe I didn't open the door and make her feel safe enough to come in and and give what she needed. That's tailor-making manual of the past hurts, past pains, and knowing you, your love language, your apology language, your sex language, all of those things, knowing who, who you are studying you, and that happens especially in stage four during the engagement, but it absolutely begins before that. In that non-exclusive period, 
do you suggest you date multiple people? Absolutely. You are not in an exclusive relationship. Do not make so, allow somebody to plant you in stage three, which is exclusivity, and they continue in stage two. Okay? Because that's what they'll try. And you'll think, I just want to be loyal. I want them to show that I can be loyal so that they'll put me in stage three. No. Uh-uh. Keep your options open. Keep dating. Let them know there's a good chance that if you don't go to stage three in time, somebody else will already plant me there. And, and if I see you tomorrow on social media on a date and somebody posts you, I have nothing to say. You know why? Because I'm not in an exclusive relationship with you. Now, I would not suggest that you sit there and allow somebody to keep you in a stage two for over a year it's usually a three-month period before somebody knows that they're going to go exclusive with you. But to sit there and I don't know if I'm ready. Let me tell you something. If you don't know me by now, <laughs> you never, ever, ever know me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what we wait on? What, 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 what do you need to see in order to be exclusive with me? First of all, we already determined at stage one that we're going in the same direction. Because if mm. some people say, I don't want marriage, fine. I don't either. Good. You don't have to choose that. You don't have to go to stage five. I don't want stage four. Fine. But if we both agree we are going to stage five and this is what we're going, then we need to be on that trail. And so I offer many questions, at least 50 questions in every stage that you should be asking mm -hmm. your mate when you are, when you are uh, in each stage so that you will understand where you are. You should always know where you are. It should not be an ambiguous situation where you don't even know the status of your relationship. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt that deep yearning inside? It's like a whisper in your soul telling you that there is more to how you are living today. There's more than just climbing the corporate ladder and being content. There's more than how we've been taught to pursue wealth and financial success. There's more than just the good title and the house and the cars, there's more. I believe that there's a world of infinite possibilities waiting for you. And I want to invite you to join me in Atlanta, Georgia from October 6th through 8th for Redefining Wealth Live, where our theme is meant for more. This three-day experience is intended to help you get off autopilot, discover your deepest desires, and authentically manifest your dreams. I'm talking about transformational teachings, transformational connections, and transformational experiences that will help you create greater harmony, peace, and joy as you pursue professional pursuits, but do it with your desires in mind. This inaugural event is themed meant for more because I truly believe that you were born on purpose, with purpose, for purpose. Do not let fear or doubt hold you back from getting in this room, even if you have to come alone. Secure your seat at Redefining Wealth Live by visiting RedefiningWealthLive.com. That's RedefiningWealthLive.com. You, Purpose Chaser, are meant for more, and I can't wait to guide you on this remarkable journey of true internal and external transformation. I'll see you in Atlanta. But Mama Love, what happens when people say, but I met him at church? <laughs> he... He's a good man at church, so if he says we jump into stage three. You know, let me tell you something. <laughs> and I've, I've, I've been in church since I was in my mother's womb, okay? Mm -hmm. I am so troubled sometimes 
by naive church girls because if I was a narcissist, there is a buffet of empaths sitting right there in the church because we will look beyond your faults and see your needs. And we will sit there and cater. Uh, we will we will not have a healthy outlook. We will try to plant scriptures that don't apply to people that are abusing us and using us. We still have to be aware. The Bible is not even naive. It tells you that there are there are wolves in sheep's clothing. My mother, when I was growing up and we were, and I was dating, my mother would this is what she would do. When you bring somebody home, she'll say, "Oh, that was a wolf." She would tell that was a wolf. And she says, "I can see it." She said, "They have a little fur covering up their little claws." She says, "But I can see it." And 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 she she would be right. There was one uh, relationship she said, that man moves around like he was married before. And I said, mother, no way. That's absolutely not. And so I got on the phone later with him. I said, you know what my mother said? She said that she thought, now we had been dating for about eight months. Uh, she said that she thought that you had been married before because you act like you you were like a married man. And he said, um, I had been meaning to talk to you about... <laughs> <laughs> there was never a moment in eight months, sir. <laughs> I almost passed out. And so you understand what yeah. I'm saying? And But when my husband of 40 years, she said, that's a goodly young man. <laughs> mm, I love it. And okay. so, yes, church girls, be, be, be aware of the wolves in sheep clothing. They're not just pastors. They're not just prophets. Some of them are your dates. Some of them are singing in the choir. Some of them, a lot of them, is is the musicians. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just, that's a joke. <laughs> not all of them. There's some good musicians in the church. <laughs> there are some good musicians. So. We love y'all. Um. Every other month, I attend a Super Friends brunch where we talk about everything from purpose to pursuing new dreams and even menopause. Yep, you heard me, menopause, because if you're over 40 and your girlfriends don't keep it real, I don't know what to tell you. But we have these important conversations because how can we redefine wealth if we're not keeping up with our hormonal health? Now, we discovered Happy Mammoth. It's the company that created Hormone Harmony, and it's dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for us. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. Hormone Harmony contains herbal extracts called aptogens that help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally. And any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take Hormone Harmony. It's perfect for hot flashes, night sweats, menopause-related brain fog, sleeplessness, occasional bloating and gas. You get the picture. Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com by using the code RW at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RW for 15% off. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So the other thing when it comes to church and the good girl thing, uh, what I was sharing earlier is that I find with my clients and women in my community, they are afraid to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. And to talk about pleasure and just to talk about their fantasies, desires. And I know some of your clips are viral because <laughs> you just go in. I do. And, you know, when I work with my clients, I absolutely, when I talk to them about sex, they're like, this is like I've get learned more today than I've learned so many in years. And they may have been together. And this is what, what I, I, I tell them. First of all, and, and I know you have an adult audience, so I, I don't have any problem talking about this. One of the things that we have to realize is that sex has been treated so wrong and, and, and misguided when it comes to how the, the movies and things portray it. Because really, in a marriage, in a committed relationship, in, when you're loving somebody, you know what sex is? It is a time of sowing and reaping. And, you know, we want to talk about that when we, we give our tithes and when we give our mm-hmm. offerings and everything like that. But sex is a time of sowing and reaping. And I'm going to tell you why. Because if I study, I should know every erogenous zone of my husband. I should know everything that brings him pleasure. There's like 13 of them in, in, in some people. And one of them is like your feet and things. Well, mine is not. So don't touch my feet because I'll kick you because I'm too ticklish, right? <laughs> so therefore, don't go to the normal, learn. So I'll tell them there should be a time of sex where you are just, it's educational. So you're touching that person's body and they're giving you like, oh, a little softer, yes, right there. You understand different body parts of the woman. The, you understand the body parts of the man, your man, not just men in general. You learn what they learn. learn. And then this is what happens. When you come together, you are there and you have to have trust. So trust is this. I am here to bring, bring you pleasure, 100% pleasure. I am here for you but I have to trust that you're going to do that for me. But see, objectification doesn't do that because I'm here just to get my stuff on and leave. You understand? But when I am there to say, I got you, and you say, I got you, when you have selfishly given up yourself to that degree, you feel it. Why? Because 
the part of the brain where your sexual arousal happens, in order to access it, you go through this realm. You'll know what that realm is? Your spirit. You have to enter past your spirit in order to get to your erogenous zones to feel sexual pleasure, which means this. When you come with a selfish spirit, when you come with a perverted spirit, when you come with all these different types just to get to use me, there's a, there, as a receiver, I can feel that sometime. Mm. And I will feel the presence of what, what you're coming in, in how you do it, and especially if you're my spouse. And, 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 and so what we have to do is we have to realize that in doing that, we have to make sure that we come with giving. What, why? Once again, love gives. We don't come to the bedroom taking. We come to the bedroom giving, mm-hmm. both of us. But if we go and we, we come to the bedroom and we're the only givers, we will feel robbed when we leave. This is so good, and it makes me think about how intimacy is truly impacted by that lack of trust. Mm-hmm. And you got the message. Yeah. You received the message just now. Yeah. I saw something posted the other day about can marriages survive infidelity? And you know, just in my personal friend group and a lot of women I know who have experienced infidelity, while we may go on with it because we're like trusting for restoration and all will be well, how many of us did feel that disconnect afterward? Like, mm, like I'm not going to, I can't show up fully because I still don't have that trust. Not necessarily in whether you do or don't do whatever again, but it just puts up a barrier. You violated the spirit mm. of the of of the sexual relationship, and you're you're there's you have to come back and learn to trust again. It takes about two years to learn to trust again because the first trust that you lose is trust in yourself, especially when you're in the church. You know why? Because you the spirit of the Lord told me this, and God told me that. Why didn't He tell you your husband was cheating? Why didn't He tell you your wife? was cheating. You understand? And so a lot of times we forget, we, we've stopped trusting. And even if we're not in the church, we just feel like, I thought I would know something. Mm-hmm. And so when we're sucker punched with that, our relationship with ourselves is the first to suffer. That's why we don't go right back into relationships because we don't believe we could trust our picker. We don't believe that we have the ability to even know because if that could sucker punch me like that. Now, let me tell you what does know. Your body knows. Because guess what? If you, if, uh, if you were having an affair as a married woman and another man came to you, guess what would happen? Your body would fight off his sperm. It would be considered um, foreign sperm. It would fight it off like it was a virus, like it was a flu or a cold, because it doesn't recognize. It understands. Our bodies are made. For sex. God created us for sex. I'm telling you, when I say that it helps your edges, it's stress release, it helps heart rate. I'm sorry, it helps your edges? Oh, honey, it grows. Look how many edges I got. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. This is all me. There ain't no no pieces up in here. And so so I'm saying that it does. It absolutely, absolutely, some of the chemicals that are released in it, the oxytocin helps, you know, the bonding of you. Um, it is, 
you know, the, the, the stress release, the, it, it helps your heart rate. There are so many benefits in sexual encounters. And a lot of times we bring it as taboo. And then the, the, the horror of it is this, the truth of the matter is, and I hate to say this, but it's true. My biggest problem sexually happens from people conditioned in churches where they were trying to keep the young people from having sex, so they uh, they labeled it as wicked and evil, mm-hmm. and you know all of these things. Now I'm not saying the you know there's some some issues that because of the bonding that happens in sex that there can be can be problems. What I'm saying is by the time they drilled how evil it is, how terrible it is, everything that that night or on a long term basis to reprogram your mind that I'm not doing something evil. Yes. Is a whole different thing. You understand? Mm-hmm. And so pretty soon, like I am your body is saying one thing and your mind is saying, and then even if it is pleasurable, you're like, I should, probably shouldn't be receiving too much pleasure. I probably can't yell too much. I can't do you understand? So close there's an inner war. It's mm-hmm. off. You have to literally reprogram yourself. And a lot of times by the time you mess up and the person doesn't trust you again, they don't even want to be with you sexually. So they don't go through the problem, the the process of healing the messages that have stopped them and programmed them to resist sex, mm-hmm. see it as dirty, see it as evil, they haven't stopped to even do it. They will all get a uh, 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 look at it all as it's because you don't do this, you don't do that. And then there's the spirit of rejection that sits in a relationship. So the man feels rejected or the woman feels rejected. They feel like you don't want them. And it's it's so much more than just that. Yeah. And the church Those, is do, does us a, a, a disadvantage not to have these open discussions. Yeah, absolutely. It muddies the messages, which impacts that relating. Absolutely. Right? Because if I feel that, first of all, if I've been conditioned that I need to be a good girl and that sex is evil. Yes. And that pleasure is not my portion. Yes. And then all of a sudden... He finds me. Yes. He findeth the wife. Mm-hmm. And then he expects yes. me to be on chandeliers and See? swinging from things. And I've been taught to be reserved. Absolutely. And quiet. And maybe to even look like I'm not enjoying it. And I look sterile and stale and all of this. And he wants excitement. Now he's confused. Like, because Shanae Lalala, she was just swinging from the chandeliers, right? <laughs> she was like, whoo! She was making all the noises and everything. So he's used to that. So now he's insecure. Like, Am I not? You understand? Mm-hmm. And so I'm just saying we need to rethink this. This is why I wanted to have this conversation, though. I just think that these are the secret conversations of the good girls, right, that they feel like they can only have with that one friend. Yeah. If they have one friend mm-hmm. or they wait until they're in safe, what feels like a safe space, like yeah. the jacuzzi at a retreat, uh-huh. to go, yeah. you know what, I'm going to let my hair down and just ask and say this is what I've been thinking of. But it's so important to have, we have to have these conversations because I recognize how much this impacted my own marriage and my own life. And I see it. I just see it in the the conversations that I have with girlfriends and clients. And if we don't bring it to the forefront, it doesn't change. And it continues that divide that we keep talking about. And I just want us to be able to be radically honest 
about Radically what we honest. desire. What we desire. Those those words right there. Be radically honest about what we desire and not feel like we are going to be labeled, be looked down upon, rejected. Go to hell. Go to hell. Yes, absolutely. Because think about this. If God designed sex with all these benefits, even the bonding chemicals of the oxytocin and things that, that, are, that happen as a result of it, and it's it's a refreshing of the covenant. Now he tells us not to to, to uh, avoid his his time of intimacy, which is communion. Mm-hmm. Okay, to 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 make sure we do that. That's a time of intimacy. And you think about and remember his goodness and his benefits and his promises. That's what you're doing during communion. And and make sure you you acknowledge that our time of communion as a couple is when we remember the goodness and we we bestow love and pleasure on that person as gratitude and 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 ministering to them in in sexual pleasure. God literally created that as a time to bond couples in unprecedented ways. So of course Satan is going to try to silence that and pervert it. And pervert it and change the narrative mm-hmm. and make mm-hmm. you feel like, "Oh, what you got to do is you got to want it all the time." Let me tell you something. Who always wants to be sacrificial? We acknowledge we don't always want to give in in an offering, but the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of giving, the sacrifice. We honor the sacrifice except for when it comes to sex. Wow. We, I don't want it to, we, cause see, we've been so reprogrammed, but let me tell you something. If I say, and I say this all the time, my libido, my sex life is not run by my libido. It is governed by my love because at menopause, let me tell you something, it's almost non-existent. So what happens is, and then during after childbirth, at different times of stress. Different seasons. But if I realize that my husband is made with a different cloth because the testosterone that runs through him is twice as much as what's running through my, my system, and then he, it's kind of like when I was nursing my children. And a, a lot of mothers who underst- will understand this concept. If, when I was nursing, I could be in a grocery store and just hear a baby cry. Uh-huh. I remember. And you start leaking, right? <laughs> yes. Also, what if, what would happen to you if you don't release that milk? Oh, they would be engorged and it would be painful. Painful. It would be painful. Guess what? Same thing can happen to a penis. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm saying to you is when 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 what went viral, men need sex. Okay. No, we I don't need to to release the milk out of my breast. But I sure would like to. Right. <laughs> I sure would be like to re-release from this pain. Yeah. Okay? And so, yep, I can endure it, but I sure would like to. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying to you, and not all men, not this this not because there's 85%. Hear me, hear the whole thing if this goes viral. 85% of men have a higher libido than their mate. Okay? So... Therefore, we understand the imbalance. That's a huge imbalance. So you can't just be led by, ooh, I want to jump your bones. Okay? You have to be led by something else. And my love, not just my love as a woman that is sacrificial, but also my husband's love. Because guess what? 
I flew into Atlanta today. I will fly out today. A whole I woke up at in the in the wee hours of the morning and caught a flight. I will be home late. Now his sex drive, his libido might say, I want my wife. His love will say, She's tired. It works both ways. It works both ways. So good. This is so good. I'm so glad that we're having these conversations. Me too. <laughs> I, I really am. And my heart is that my divorce created for me the desire to share these things more openly mm-hmm. in the hopes that it will preserve more marriages because I love love. And despite what I've been through, that has not changed. I I believe in love. I love love. I desire love for myself and for all. And I really want this platform to normalize these types of conversations so that we can ultimately just win. Yeah. So that we can win. And also I don't want to break up, you know, your finances. And I really I really want to help preserve your net worth. I really do. I see what it does. Yes. And I see that you can have people who do love each other but do not relate. And how much that can destroy. Absolutely. Destroy a dream. And distract your dream. And distract the dream. Distract yeah. it where you're not as productive. Yeah. You're 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 going into a burnout. Why? Because you have high rates of stress at home and at work. Your 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 mind is divided because while you're trying to produce and be creative, you're still worried about the argument that you were just involved in or the breakup that you're having or how you've been treated or what you've been accused of. And so all of these things can absolutely impact your relationship, but that support system that you need when you get home where you feel safe and relaxed and it's true relaxation, it's true peace. When you get there and you are able to be, it's like being uh, plugging your cell phone into the charger. If your home is a charger rather than a drainer, then you can start a new day and produce all over again. So we have to get the relationships right if we are going to produce at our highest level and our highest rate. Absolutely. Oh, so good. Let me ask you what we call redefining wealth rapid wisdom questions to close us out. You're going to tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Here's the first one. How do you define success? Living your life and being happy. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Freedom to live. Love it. What's one book that has helped you redefine wealth for yourself? One book? Mm-hmm. The Bible. And fill in the blank. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. My name is love, and the truth about wealth is love. Love it. That doesn't work as well with my name, but I like it. I like it. Mama Love, thank you for being here. And, you know, I want to thank you, and I also want to thank you for your voice. I want to thank you for giving your audience a voice, for deciding that you were going to heal enough 
to empower people to talk about the subjects that people have muted in this world, muted them from in their relationships, and muted their inner voice. I thank you for giving a platform for both the inner voice and the outer voice. I just want to thank you so much for being here. How do we stay in touch with you? You can go to my website, lovemcpherson.com. You can catch me on social media, which is love underscore McPherson on Instagram, love McPherson uh, on Facebook. Just love McPherson everywhere. Love McPherson everywhere. And the book. Yes, I have a brand new book out. It says, What Are We? The Five Stages of Dating. Mm-hmm. And so you want to get that and get the bundle. Get the workbook, too, so you can work through and learn your mate. Mama Love, I thought we weren't supposed to ask that question, What Are We? I thought that was the dreaded question. Oh, no. That's the question. We're going to normalize asking what are we, but we're mm. going to ask it at the right time. you got to read the book to find out when yeah. to ask it. Well, I'll <laughs> be reading the book. Make sure you grab a copy of What Are We by Love McPherson. I hope you enjoyed yourself today. I know that you got some gems, some nuggets of wisdom. I won't even say nuggets. Way big bombs. <laughs> just, just truth bombs that will set you free. And please share this with other women in particular in your life, because I want you to start to normalize having these types of conversation. Uh, Like Mama Love said, it's not just about the outer voice, but it's also acknowledging what's going on with that inner voice and get you some trusted girlfriends that you can have these types of conversations with and just give truth, give voice to your truth. Uh, That's what it's all about. I love you guys so much. Make sure that you rate and review this episode and the podcast. It really helps us reach other purpose chasers from all over the world. You can find me on Instagram at SeekWisdomPCW. SeekWisdomPCW. Make sure you tag both Love and I uh, on Instagram when you share snippets from this episode. Let her know that her time here was well spent. And that's it for me this week. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.